I have to begin with a confession. I am struggling to find joy. As you may recall, uh, Reverend Keith Cron, in my installation from March, uh, offered the charge to the congregation. And his three big words to us was to be a congregation of joy, to be a congregation of grief, and to be a congregation of service. I got grief. I think we all get grief at this moment. And I love service, and I can see as we're going forward and taking care of each other and continuing to follow the mission of the congregation and, take care and help be part of taking care of the world, I can see us leaning into service. I know we want to expand um, the ways that people are involved as we are more in person and more doing kind of the church activities and finding other ways of being in this time. I get service. But that joy, that joy thing, I'm not so sure about this joy. I'm not feeling terribly joyful, if I must say. I accept his guidance. He's been around ministry for quite some time. Seen a lot of congregations, a lot of ministers, a lot of people trying to figure out how to be together. And he is spot on knowing that joy, how we can be enlivened with each other, how we can savor the world with each other and one another's company, and that that, to know how to offer vibrancy and life into the world is a great way to help people find us and then to be going out further into our and living our mission out into the world of loving inclusively, growing in spirit, uh, embracing freedom, and doing our part to help heal the world. I, I get it in my brain, but in my heart, that's going to take a little more time. And I... I don't think I'm alone. I think there is struggle in, in knowing how to make sense of our world in this time. I think that showed up in some of the questions that I received in, in getting ready for last week's question box sermon about how do we continue once somebody who has been a light in our life is no longer there in body no longer able to have coffee or lunch, no longer able to romp and have fun. You know, some folks asked, how do I make sense of death? And the dislocation that results, the disconnection, the despair, the, the anger at the world, more than once in recent weeks have I had the conversation, you know, somebody might talk about God, um, and and uh, from other traditions might say something about, you know, that they're having some conversations with God. I'm like, well, if I was going to be talking to God, but I'd be having some conversations too. I might just shout at the universe as well, but I'll cover all the bases. This impossible conflict. 
between how shall we continue living and life and knowing that there is so much that is lost and suffering and it, where is there room for joy or happiness or peace? Where to go? I think I want to begin at the beginning, to, to touch base with basics. So I try to go first to the sources of life. What remains when everything else is gone, or it feels that way? I love summer. Summer, as I was growing up in New England, summer was that kind of place where you could live outside. The doors could be open. I didn't grow up with air conditioning, so all the doors and windows had to be open. And we just felt the breath of life around us and the canopy of green trees over us and the abundance of uh, all that would nourish us around us. It was easy. It was easy to access life. And this summer, as my colleague Reverend Joanna Fontaine Crawford said, this summer should have been one that was delicious, she says, delicious. Because we were going to be kind of eased from so many concerns about COVID. It was going to be, as we hear in the song, Summertime and the living is easy. And much of that has been true for some of us. We have had a chance to have some more adventures to savor the world, to be here. And, and it's also still so difficult It is so complex because the summer also carries with it disturbing signs of a planet that may be forever changed, of more fires and floods, of more extremes of temperature. I can't help the sorrow that accompanies being out and among nature and wondering what will last and who will suffer. You know, Hurricane Ida is about to batter the coast, our Gulf Coast, at this very moment. Will we, can we adjust our course and our treatment of this precious earth? That is such a deep and overriding and overarching question, even as the summer rolls on. But for all the complexity that comes with summer and all of the, the problems related also as well to COVID numbers rising and infection rates rising and our children being some of the most vulnerable at this point. I still need to find a path and a way. And summer is still one of those most accessible places. It is remembering the earth too. It is fresh food and freedom of movement, even if I have to work inside. There is a liberation 
that is also there and ongoing. I think of summer as restocking the heart. You know, one of my favorite stories is that of Frederick the Mouse, Frederick the Gray Mouse by uh, Leo Leone. He lives with a small group of mice. Others gather seed and straw, and um, they do. They collect what they need to eat and keep warm for winter. Frederick, Frederick sits out on a rock and gathers sun and colors and sensations and stories. And in the winter, when the food is gone and the cold seeps into their nest, the other mice ask Frederick for what he was saving, what he was collecting. And then he spins out stories of warm breezes, tasty nibbles, and colors that enliven the body, mind, and spirit. We can serve each other in this way. But we don't have to wait for winter. We can't wait for a certain season. We can do this now. A number of you responded to my question about what you love about nature, how you connect to it, how it amazes you, and how it restores you. And you shared photos and stories and adventures and memories. And honest to goodness, you really created the second half of the sermon here. How beautiful it was to be a witness to this conversation of you all, of members talking with one another over email, sharing mutual joy, and letting joy be known, be visible. I like one particular, I think Terry Malone really captures the whole spirit of this. Just, she says, just being able to immerse myself in nature, whether in my backyard or at the Forest Park Nature Center, allows me to feel grounded and connected in the moment with the all-encompassing bioweb of which we are a part. It makes me feel small in a wonderful way, as though I am a silent witness to the wide and mystical universe. That connection has been very healing to me in navigating through and becoming more peaceful in the last 18 months. That's it, exactly. That's my entire purpose that I wanted to bring us into this moment, was what can we gain and gather and remember and connect to? And in your comments, you brought out so many different elements um, that captured just some of the range. When you think about nature, there is, of course, the tangible beauty, the glorious diversity of existence that we have around us, that we live in, that's inside us. Maury Brucker uh, talks about how there's 10,000 species of birds, and there have been 93 of which have been documented to be seen on the grounds around the congregation. You've talked about your travels, those physical journeys that people have been able to take. You know, Susan Bope and Amanda Franklin, their photos of the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. I've never been there, and it was lovely to see just a little bit of what, what people experience in those travels. Uh, some of the photos we had were of the Lachlan family traveling out west this summer. But those travels, those specific 
encounters were very local as well. You know, Forest Park in Peoria, the picture of the deer and some of the overhanging trees. There were any number of backyard blossoms and a bee in that photo meditation. And of course, people are welcome to rest in the memory garden at the church and just take in all that is around and meditate on the labyrinth, on the woods, on the memories of those who have been there before. We have the rhythms. Uh, people talk about the kind of the rhythms and the cycles of being together, of breathing, uh, breathing and experiencing the weather in those travels, um, watching clouds roll by um, as a front comes along. I love the big skyness of the Midwest and other places I've been to see the weather come in, and to be washed by that wind, as well as sometimes that rain, to be washed over by all of nature. We get to wander and wonder in the dark as well. This is not just about the sun. This is about night. Fernie Humphrey mentions dark sky parks where it's so deep and dark you can actually see the cosmos, the Milky Way, and so much more. In Texas in summer, I grew to love the night even more than I already had. I could take my children outside at night in the middle of summer, and we could sit on the driveway that was still radiating a whole lot of heat from the day. But we could look at the stars and talk about the universe and the planes overhead and everything around us and love being enrobed in the dark when the world was a little more quiet. We have nature and landscapes around us, great and small, that show us the forces of time and climate and movements of the earth that reveal glimpses of the mysterious. We can simply wonder at the forces all around us and beyond us and that which is greater than any of us, and all of us. We can connect to what fills us in these infinite forms of diversity and beauty and wonder, and the infinite manifestations of greatness and tiny revelation in front of us with a bee on a flower, simply a rock that's been weathered over time, all of those forms and more. We can be present to that our world is always changing, always shifting, that all of life is in motion, keeps breaking apart and coming together again and finding new forms and new paths. I think that understanding that there is always shifting happening helps Helps, us, helps take care of that, address that reminder that, that as human beings, we are the cause of some of these shifts and that there is great suffering in the land and to ourselves as, we're do, as we have done so. All the harm that is done, all the abuse of our environment, there is so much that is before us and around us that we must be taken care of as well. 
but knowing that life keeps shifting, that there is possibility still before us. We can let that also be our reminder and our guide. It makes it all the more urgent to feel that cosmic pull, that reminder that we are indeed part of the world. Even as things scatter and drift and return, that we are within and around and surrounded by all that is. We have an opportunity, a chance for redemption, for salvation, for healing. Even as we sing that song in our hearts, Come, come, whoever you are, wanderer, worshiper, lover of the evening, ours is no caravan of despair. Come, yet again, come. We can receive the earth, our part in it, in all of its complexity grounded in all that is around us. This will save us, this rediscovery, this re-encounter, and remind us of the joy and the love of the earth. It doesn't happen all at once. This reminder, it doesn't, it's not like it turns, you turn on a light switch and it's on in perpetuity. Our lives have flow and shift, and sometimes we're lost. Many times we are lost, like many of us in this moment. But going back to this deep love and presence and companionship with this great planet, we can each find our own way and keep traveling far or near, whether it is a journey out into the wilds or simply pondering in our backyard. Connie Henderson said this, what I love about our earth, our ever-changing atmosphere, our sky, rainbows that follow the storm, Sunsets to warm my heart, soft wind caressing my face, golden sunshine brightening my being, trees thrashing in a storm, raindrops on my cheek, a stroke of lightning and the boom that follows, and the glittering stars on a cloudless night. May we go forth. Reconnecting with the joy and vibrancy in our lives is no easy task in this time. We can return to the basics, to the essentials, to the love of the ground beneath us, the ground of our being, and determine together in telling these stories and amplifying this joy, amplifying this discovery among us, we can go forward in finding our path. Together, we can live out and live through and live into this love of the earth. Amen. And I invite you to enjoy our closing hymn for the beauty of the earth.